Hello, welcome to Saga Gridiron, a NFL podcast, part of the Los Angeles Saga Podcast Network. Hopefully you guys enjoy this episode, me, Edward, and Colin, our first episode together. There'll be many more in the future. So with that said, enjoy the podcast. Hello, listeners. Oh, welcome to the first episode of Saga Gridiron Podcast. Big smile on my faces with everybody else here. I got Colin Manning, got Edward Campanelli. So uh, before we start, I would like everybody to introduce themselves. So uh, I'll have Colin go first. Introduce yourself. Hi, um, I'm Colin Manning. I'm from Boise, Idaho. My favorite NFL team is the Denver Broncos. Uh, my last name's also Manning, so that kind of had a part of playing into it. And yeah. Hi, um, I'm Edward Campanelli. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and my favorite NFL team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I'm Alex Ruiz. Uh, my favorite team is the Seattle Seahawks. I've been a Seahawks fan since I think 2012. That's when I started getting into football. And since then, you know, it has been great. I haven't been, I've been to Seattle, but I haven't, you know, gone to see a Seahawks game. It's a beautiful city. But yeah, one day I will go watch my team, whether it's here or in LA where I live. <clears throat> well, to, to get that started off, you guys have your favorite uh, team. What was you guys' favorite moment of, of the last season that we saw? Oh my, that's that's actually hard. Uh, Denver obviously didn't have a very good season, <laughs> but I'm also a Boise State fan, and seeing Brett Rippin get to play for the Denver Broncos after already playing for Boise State that was really cool to see. Um, I also watched when D Hop's catch live, so that was that was so oh cool yeah that was to crazy see. that was crazy. So that those are probably two of my favorite moments of the season. Edward, what about you? Um, I'd probably have to say Pittsburgh's second half comeback against the Indianapolis Colts. I forget which week that was, but um, that was after Pittsburgh started going downhill a little bit after their um, undefeated start. So it was good to see them um, build that comeback in the second half. With some, I think a touchdown catch by Deontay Johnson, that was really great. Um, and it just felt good to see the play calling click and the offensive line click when it hadn't so much towards the end of the season. Yeah, that was a pretty good moment. I think that was week 16. For me, I got a uh, Sunday night football, DK Metcalf chasing down Buda Baker, almost 90 yards down the field, able to catch up on him. Basically saving a touchdown, if I'm correct, that possession, uh, the Cardinals uh, went on fourth and goal and didn't convert. So basically DK literally saved them from a touchdown, and he was probably the reason they went into overtime. Unfortunately, that game was pretty crazy, and the Seahawks lost. But that was my favorite moment of the season. I remember watching that live, and I was like, man, that guy's got wheels, serious yeah. wheels, serious wheels. And, you know, on that uh, note, talking about that game, the team that they were facing, the Arizona Cardinals, just signed J.J. Watt to a two-year, uh, $30 million contract. Uh, Edward, uh, do you think that this signing is good enough to help uh, Arizona get out of the division, or will they just struggle throughout the season? Um, honestly, I'm kind of in between on that. I think that that boost to their defensive line was much needed. J.J. Watt is still a great pass rusher. He's got um, a very high um, double team and triple team rate, but he's still able to get to the quarterback. And even if he doesn't get a sack, he's really good at creating pressure. Um, so for the Cardinals, I think they're in a really tough uh, division with the Seahawks and the Rams. So I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get out of it for the next couple of years. They've got a good future built. And I think that J.J. is, a, is probably a good enough player to boost their defense enough to get them to the maybe the wild card spot for next year's playoffs. 
I, I also agree with that. Um, the NFC West has, is one of the best divisions in football right now, and it has been for past few years, actually. The 49ers, I feel like, are also going to be up there in NFC West. So I feel like any team can come out of the NFC West this next year. The Rams, after signing Stafford, uh, Seahawks, and 49ers, if they aren't injury-prone again this year. And then the Cardinals, yeah. JJ definitely boosts their defense. Like, any team he was going to sign for, it, it was going to make their defense better automatically. After like right after signing them, the their Super Bowl odds went from fifty to one to thirty three to one. So, I I feel like that he's going to help the their defense make their playoffs. I was very skeptical skeptical of the signing, uh, mostly because I didn't really think it made sense for JJ Watt. Right, he he's on the older side. Right, he hasn't won a ring. I thought he would go ring chasing, maybe a team like Green Bay, Buffalo, who have like even brighter futures, who are teams that are clearly the number one team in their divisions. I thought this was confusing because the Cardinals are easily either the third or worst team in their division, right? Last year, we had the 49ers injured all season long, so we couldn't really evaluate them that well. I think that if the Cardinals want to make it out, it's really going to depend on the offense. I feel like they were too inconsistent last year to be able to keep that team up in games, especially towards the later stretch where I think they lost uh, six of their last eight games, I think, and they were able to not make the playoffs. I feel like it's really going to depend on Kyler Murray this upcoming season. But yeah, J.J. Watt definitely is going to boost their defense, and he's going to make uh, their pass rush even more deadlier. And you consider you have Chandler Jones on the other side as well. Yeah, uh, I feel like Kyler Murray, I feel like he's going to take us another step up. Like I feel like he's just going to keep getting better. And I, I honestly thought he was going to be a bust in the NFL at first. Like with his size, he's not very big, but he's shown that he can play. And you also have... Uh, Fitzgerald and Hopkins are Fitzgerald's getting older, but I feel like with both of them as targets, then I feel like they, I feel like they could really make some noise in the league. He's also got um, Christian Kirk with uh, Hopkins and Fitzgerald in that receiving core. And he's a good deep threat. Um, When talking about Murray, I feel like people shift the spotlight to Lamar Jackson for the, you know, more agile running quarterbacks. But Kyler Murray has a better arm than Lamar, and he's got great legs. I've seen him run for, like, I don't know, I think he had in one game 10-plus carries in a game and um, a couple of running touchdowns. So I feel like he's able to pack the stat sheet. And with a better defense to um, lean on, I think he'll definitely take a step up next season. Yeah, I think if the Cardinals really want to make it to be competitive and win this division, it's going to take a big step from Kyler Murray. I like, Like Edward said, I think he has a great arm for his size, right? Um, obviously, you know, he's a speedster. He's able to escape the pocket really well. And we saw that during the Hal Murray play where he basically rolled out to the left, you know, slinged it up and D-Hop, like, mossed three defenders over there. So I'm really going to look at the Cardinals and see how they develop with Kyler Murray. I'm not 100% sold on Cliff Kingsbury. I don't th- – I think he – I think he can be a great offensive coordinator, but I don't see him being a good head coach in the NFL. I feel like he needs to develop kind of like how what we saw with Anthony Lynn the last couple of years. He his chargers when he first started first two years were pretty great. But after that, he couldn't develop as a coach. And the team just had like horrible loss, you know, blowing leads almost every week. You know, I feel like that's going to happen eventually with Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, I don't I definitely don't think the Cardinals are going to win their division. They have the Seahawks, Rams and 49ers. So and Seahawks, I been rumors that Russell Wilson will get traded, but I do think he's going to stay. And then 
uh, if the if the 49ers can get another Jimmy Garoppolo's a good quarterback, but if they get another quarterback, they'll be right up there. And then the Rams with Jared Gall, I mean, with Matthew Stafford now, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's just going to be a very tough division to play in this year. Well, uh, moving on, as you mentioned earlier, the 49ers, right? Jimmy Garoppolo is good, but he isn't elite. And a quarterback that's on the market right now, Deshaun Watson. So we're going to talk about how much do you, how much do you value Deshaun Watson? What would you give up if you're trading for Deshaun Watson? I'm going to start with Edward. Um, well, I think it depends on the kind of assets that each team has to give up. For a team like the Dolphins, it'd have to be like Tua Tagovailoa and um, a huge, huge uh, package of first-round picks. But um, for somebody like the 49ers, I think Jimmy Garoppolo would have to be included in that deal because the Texans don't have any other quarterback to fall back on if they trade uh, Watson. And then maybe um, if they don't, if the 49ers don't want to shell out as many first-round picks as a team like the uh, Jets or Dolphins would have to, they might have to include a young defensive stud like Nick Bosa in that package just to even it out so they don't have to lose as much draft capital. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you look at the Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford trade, and the uh, Rams, I mean, the Lions, sorry, I can't think. Um, Lions got Goff uh, two first and a second. And I feel like that's quite a bit for Matthew Stafford, but uh, Deshaun Watson's a much better quarterback. He's younger. He has uh, more years left. So I feel like it's going to take, like Edward said, a lot of firsts and then also a younger quarterback. There's been teams like the Broncos that are on that list. Uh, they definitely have to trade away Drew Locke, even though I don't know if he has a future in the league or not quite yet. Or other, Yeah, but I definitely feel like they're going to want to trade with a team with a young quarterback. And the 49ers and Dolphins are really up there on where I think he'll land. I feel like a sleeper pick uh, would be obviously the New York Jets, right? They have the second overall pick. You can trade away uh, Sam Darnold. Um, you have uh, the uh, first pit round pick from the Seahawks this year because of the Jamal Adams trade last year. So I think the Jets are a pretty good destination. Also, to New York is a huge market. So Deshaun will obviously you know, be getting lots of media attention, lots of money from sponsorships when you think about it. And I feel like for Deshaun, that makes the most sense, both uh, football-wise and also you know, other uh, endorsements and stuff like that as well. Yeah, I agree with that. The Broncos, uh, I'm going to keep going back to that because I'm a Broncos fan. I don't think we're going to get him. Uh, you, you know Deshaun looks good in orange, though, from Clemson. But the Broncos also have their uh, the ninth overall pick in the draft that they could create away. And uh, Drew Locke, um, I think that Drew Locke will get traded this year. I feel like the Broncos are going to try to target a new quarterback because he hasn't been consistent. I feel like uh, Drew could still have a future in the league, but – he just needs to be more consistent. And we also have Vaughn Miller. Like, we could also – Vaughn Miller has been questionable. I know the Broncos say they want to keep him, but he's entering free agency, I believe. And Yeah, he's a free agent yeah, this he, year. Yeah, and he could also be uh, – you could also trade him as well if for a quarterback like Deshaun. Well, we've seen lots of talk recently about this, you know, quarterback carousel going on. We saw Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford switch teams. We saw Carson Wentz uh, get traded to the Colts. Um, obviously, Russell Wilson has voiced his frustrations with the team uh, because they're not giving him enough protection on the offensive line. He wants to have more decision-making in the team. So do you think there's going to be a, this ongoing quarterback carousel 
We see rumors of Derek Carr also being involved in the potential trade. The Bears are trying to do everything they can to get Wilson. Do you think we'll see more quarterback movement? And one more thing I forgot to say is that the Patriots are also targeting Jimmy Garoppolo to return back to New England. So do you think we'll see more quarterback trades as the offseason goes on? Uh, I, I definitely do. There's been a lot of – there's Cam Newton, Mitchell Trubisky. Those are two of kind of the sleepers, in my opinion, who could – be starting quarterbacks for your team in the future. So I feel like that they're going to be involved for some trades. I don't think Russell Wilson will be traded right now. Um, the odds are his top teams he would go to are Raiders, Cowboys, Saints, Bears, and Jets. But I don't think that Cowboys, first of all, would trade. I think the Cowboys are going to end up keeping Dak. But, yeah, I don't think Wilson is going to end up going anywhere. But there's other smaller QBs that I think could get traded. Yeah, I've been seeing news of um, Tua Tagovailoa being thrown around in trade packages for uh, stars like Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. And I don't think I've ever seen like a young quarterback who was on and off the field um, swapping starting spots with Ryan Fitzpatrick during his rookie year um, be in trade packages so quickly and how the Dolphins have written him off. Then there's Sam Darnold, who's still a young developing quarterback who's never been in the right situation in terms of coaching. Um so I think there's definitely like a whole new level of uh, quarterback availability on the trade market and teams are very eager to swap QBs because I mean, that's the most important position on the football field. So if a team is willing to make one of their younger quarterbacks available, I think the carousel is going to be even more interesting and even more intriguing for other teams to try and jump in and grab their franchise quarterback. Edward, Edward makes a good point here, you know, talking about how the Dolphins have basically written off Tua. Do you think they've, do you think it's too soon to say if Tua is going to be a good uh, quarterback? Remember, we kind of have a really small sample size. Uh, do you think it's too early or do you think he won't uh, make it to be a franchise caliber quarterback in the NFL? Uh, I think that he, he definitely can be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he's he, coming off injury. Um, his rookie season. So that could be playing a part in a bit. And it's not like he played terrible. Like, I, I don't, I think a lot of people are putting two of the wrong way. And I feel like he can be a starting quarterback in this league. And whoever gets him in a trade pack, package has, um, or if he is traded, I think they have a value quarterback on their team. Definitely. I agree with that. I think it's way too early for him to be written off. His arm strength has been questionable, but um, one thing thing that I see with rookies, um, either you put them at the starting position immediately and let them figure it out for themselves so they can build confidence like the Chargers did Justin Herbert, or you um, have them have a a veteran mentor for them and have them take a backseat for a year or two like they did with Patrick Mahomes, like the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes, who's now turned into the best quarterback in the NFL. So when you're looking at that, you have to think that Tua has been thrown in and out of the starting position. Ryan Fitzpatrick was starting one one week, and then um, Tua was starting the next week, and he had been coming off of injury. And it's very difficult to get acclimated when you're thrown into an NFL um, starting position, and you're coming off of an injury, and you're being taken in and out, and it's really a, a detrimental blow to his confidence. So... I think it's definitely too early to write him off. Um, And I think he could be valuable for the Dolphins or for any team in a trade package that will get him. I feel that, you know, Tua was a top five pick in last year's draft. So there's obviously huge expectations upon that. 
But even that, I feel like the Dolphins wasn't generally put him in the right uh, place to succeed. Two is a more of a pocket passer, right? Yeah, he's quick and he can make the pocket, but he's, he's definitely a pocket passer. And that offensive line isn't that great in Miami. His first game, he went up against Aaron Donald in that defense. And I feel like, you know, he played all right. Not a spectacular performance, but I feel like people are just having these expectations of Tua, you know. Like I mentioned earlier, he's a top five pick. And um, there was a lot of hype from him coming out of Alabama, right? Especially after he got injured, people were skeptical about him. And I feel like this might continue throughout his whole career. Right now, this offseason is probably pretty hard on him. You know, being a rookie quarterback, like Edward mentioned, in and out of the lineup the last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I feel like right now and uh, would be the perfect time, I guess, to leave Miami because uh, earlier in the season, there were reports that players were not confident into his arm. They weren't confident he could leave uh, this team with quarterbacks like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson in their same conference. And with that, I feel like uh, with all this quarterback carousel going on, you know, I feel like he kind of needs a fresh start in Miami. Sure, it's a bit early. I think it's a bit early. But I think when you kind of have a locker room who's divided on whether you're good or not and whether you should even be starting for the team, I feel like that's not the good situation to be in already because you're dealing with those guys uh, almost every week. And if you know that they aren't confident in you, you're not going to have that confidence yourself either. Do you think that Tua, with all that coming out, should leave Edward? Um. I don't think he should leave just yet. I view the Dolphins as one of the brightest budding teams in the NFL. Their defense was um, really unexpectedly solid last year. I think their offensive line can be a lot better with a couple more steps. Um, the Dolphins hold the third pick in the draft this year. They could draft um, Panay Sewell, the tackle out of Oregon, um, to boost their offensive line, or they could draft Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out of LSU to give Tua some more weapons because both of those uh, areas were problems for him last year and problems for the Dolphins overall last year. And I mean, the Dolphins, they have, they were really solid in uh, on all sides of the ball. They had a really solid special teams performance, defensive performance. Um, but because they were swapping QBs with Fitzpatrick and Tagovailoa going in and out, I think that um, I don't think he should leave Miami just yet. I don't think he should, um, be written off as their starting quarterback. I just think he needs a little bit more development, a little bit more confidence from his uh, teammates and his coaches and a couple more weapons and pieces of protection to help him out. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that, actually. I feel like the Dolphins need to either need to commit. Uh, I feel like if they trade away Tula, they'll be right back into the rebuild process. They won't have a quarterback unless they obviously are involved in Deshaun Watson or quarterbacks like that. So I feel like the Dolphins really need to commit commit one way or the other and not be going back and forth between like they did last year because the Dolphins, they were a good team. They were, they were almost made the playoffs almost as a wild card. I feel like they could also draft as Edward said, Jamar chase or even Devonte Smith players like that. They'll give Tua weapons. And I feel like that will really help him in the long run. Yeah. You make a great point about weapons, right? They have the third pick in the draft. This wide receiver class this year is really good. I'm really impressed with, the top two in uh, Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Smith, I mean, <laughs> Jamar Chase is more NFL NFL ready, you know, compared to Devontae Smith, who's a bit lighter. He's only 160 pounds, right? Especially when you're going up against physical corners in the NFL. I don't really think that's going to translate too well. He's kind of a high-risk, high-reward player for me. But yeah, they need weapons. Devontae Parker isn't reliable. He's too injury-prone. And yeah, he can play good. But like I said, the best ability is availability. 
And that's what the Dolphins need if they really want to succeed uh, with the upcoming uh, future that they have that Edward said, brightest future in the NFL for sure. We're going to talk a bit about free agency now. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, but they have tons of players, key players, I might say, heading into free agency. Here a list of the players that they will have to uh, either resign or let go. They have 19 million in cap space, 17th most in the NFL. So the free agents are Gronk, Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin, and Dominican Sue, and Antonio Brown. Who should the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers let go? And who do they need to sign to stay um, contenders? Because while they do have Tom Brady, these players were crucial in their in their playoff run. Gronk had two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Shaq Barrett was literally uh, in Patrick Mahomes' face the whole game. Chris Godwin was incredible in the NFC Championship game. That great catch he made um, to set up uh, the Scotty Miller touchdown. You have Dominican Sue, who's a veteran. He's still good at uh, defending the interior and making sure no run lanes happen. And Antonio Brown, who I thought was one of the more underrated players uh, in the Tampa Bay squad, I thought he played really well. So I'm going to start with Edward. Who do you sign and who do you let go? Um, honestly, if it's possible, I think retaining Chris Godwin and Shaq Barrett are the highest priorities for Tampa Bay. Um, Gronk was good in the Super Bowl, and he and Tom Brady obviously have a really amazing connection, but um, I've seen so many tight ends um, come and go for the Buccaneers. They've had uh, Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard um, in and out of their starting lineup. Both of those tight ends have been injury-prone, but um, if you can get one of those two or maybe um, somebody from the draft on the field consistently. You don't really need Gronkowski, who's up there in age and um, probably won't have that high of an impact in the coming seasons. Um, Chris Godwin is a really amazing wide receiver and um, opposite Mike Evans, it gives you one of the best one-two punches um, in terms of wide receivers in the entire NFL. And Shaq Barrett was amazing throughout the playoffs and he is He's been great in terms of um, drifting off and playing coverage, but also um, when rushing the quarterback, he's agile and he can get around the tackles, get around the edge really quickly. And even if he doesn't get a sack, he's amazing at uh, causing disruption and making the quarterback have to leak out of the pocket and turn the play into a scramble. Um, so Barrett and Godwin would be the two highest priorities for me. Dom Kung Su is getting up there in age and, um, while I do think he is good, he um, if he's requesting too much money or if they're unable to sign him, it shouldn't be too big of a deal. And Antonio Brown was an offseason signing and with Scotty Miller and Mike Evans and hopefully Chris Godwin uh, as their one, two and three in the um, in the wide receiver core. I don't think Brown is really a necessary addition to that. He could be a nice sleeper, but I don't think he's specifically necessary for them to retain uh yeah i agree with that sue and barrett were huge parts of their super bowl win uh i feel like the bucks defense really is what pushed them forward in that game always pressuring mahomes and getting to him and yeah godwin i feel like he's a key part of their offense he's been there for forever uh i feel like they need to try to resign him so they can keep their receiving core strong or and even brown Brown, uh, like after all the drama with him and nobody liking him anymore, once he went to Tampa, he kind of was quiet and like there's nothing more about him. So I kind of feel like he found his place almost, if that makes sense. But yeah, I feel like Barry is a key per I can't talk <laughs> is a 
keep our defense. They should definitely try to sign him. Sue's also getting older. I feel like they should try to sign him if they can. But also, like Edward said, it wouldn't be a huge impact because of how old he's getting. And if he's asking for that much money, I don't know if it's worth it. Another free agent I forgot to mention was Levante David, who's been in Tampa Bay for, I think, his whole career, eight years in the NFL. And he's uh, the, the biggest leader on that defense, right? He's the veteran. Do you think that he also, too, should be let go? Remember, he's around 31. Uh, do you think the they should uh, let him go or sign him again? Uh, I put him down as one of my top free agents, actually. So I feel like that they could – that he's like a – He's one of the top free agents out here, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of teams trying to target him. So Tampa should try to bring him back if they can, but if they can't, other teams are going to be all over him and trying to pick him up for their defense. Yeah, honestly, I think he'd be a good target for them to prioritize re-signing just because he's he brings leadership to that defense full of younger players like Shaq Barrett and um, Devin White and uh, Antoine Winfield. So he bring some veteran leadership that is hard to find on top of the impact he brings just based on his uh, talent level. So if he's able to, if he's willing to come back to Tampa Bay and they're able to resign him, I think it should be definitely a priority for the Buccaneers. Well, with all this free agent talk, we're going to list our top five uh, free agents who we think can make the most impact on teams and that can help teams uh, elevate uh, their status in uh, contention for Super Bowl. So with Edward, I'm going to start with you. Who's your number five? And then I'll go with Colin, and then I'll go. Um, honestly, I'm looking at Chris Godwin as being one of the top free agents. He's a really big impact um, wide receiver, and he's uh, he's able to make a lot of impact in the slot and um, on all three levels of the field. He's a great deep threat, and he's got great hands in the end zone. Um I haven't been really looking at many free agents this season um, with the NBA season uh, midway. So I've been, I've been thinking a little bit about the NFL free agents, but um, Godwin's one that I've been focusing on for teams to have to um, prioritize going after. Um, and then Allen Robinson as well. I've seen rumors of him going to teams like the Jets or um, a situation like that where the team has cap space and a budding young quarterback um, that could make Allen Robinson their first option. He hasn't been thriving in Chicago with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles on center in the past year. So I think if he's interested in leaving Chicago, the Jets might be, um, the Jets should be very interested in pursuing Allen Robinson. Um, yeah, I, I also had Allen Robinson on my list for the top five free agents. I feel like a lot of teams, he's a solid wide receiver and uh, with the uh, Bears quarterback problems that they've had in the past few years with Nick Foles and Trubisky, I feel like that the Bears are either going to need to try to find a new quarterback, and that almost means like a rebuild, even though they were able to make the playoffs this year. But I feel like Allen Robinson is a huge target for many teams out there. I also had uh, my Leonard Williams. He was on the drives this year. He had 11 and a half sacks, which is – 4.5 sacks more than his previous so I, previous best season after only having one sack, I believe, with the Jets in 2019. So I feel like that he could be a huge free agent and help a lot of teams out there on the defensive side of the ball. And then two quarterbacks that were also on my list are Cam Newton and Mitchell Trubisky. Those, 
those are kind of sleepers in my opinion. Both of them can start be starting quarterbacks in the league, and if they're put in the right system, I believe. Trubisky has been an off and on player. Cam had a subpar season this season with the Pats, so I feel like that both of them will not be on the teams they are on now this season, and that they can be. I think they'll still be starters next year, just in a different program. Uh, like you yeah, guys mentioned, when, um... oh. Uh, oh, you ahead. can go. It's okay. Okay. Uh, like you guys mentioned, Allen Robinson. I think he's probably. Uh, I think he's better than Chris Godwin, just because he's just because I believe Allen Robinson has better hands overall. Right? He's great at catching the football. And like you guys mentioned, he. Uh, you know, Chicago doesn't have a great quarterback right now. You know, who knows if they'll go Russell Wilson or not? Um, he hasn't had a great quarterback his whole career. Had to deal with Blake Bortles for the first four years, and then now Trubisky and. Nick Foles. I can see a return back to Jacksonville, especially with the number one pick. And they're most, I'm 100% sure they're going to choose uh, Trevor Lawrence. I feel like that's an underrated place. Jacksonville has tons of cash space this year. So I can see Robinson uh, signing for a bunch of money over there as well. Um, someone that we haven't talked about too. And it kind of makes sense because running back is the most easily replaceable position in football is Aaron Jones. I thought his production last year was amazing and really helped that Packers offense and help Aaron Rodgers win MVP just because he was great running the ball and his uh, uh, involvement in the passing game as well is really good. I feel like he'll get tons of money in Miami or New York. What do you guys think? Um, well, Aaron Jones, um, the Packers have had a great offensive line for a while now. So um, I haven't seen Aaron Jones production outside of a strong Packers offensive line. So I'm interested to see if he signs elsewhere, uh, this free agency, um, what the offensive line situation will look like there and how that'll impact his production. I think he's a really great three down back. Um, he's got really good, um, really underratedly good receiving presence and he can make a difference on a team taking pressure off of the quarterback, um, with his impact, his impactful running. And he, um, he's really, he's really, um, unpredictable on the offense. He has, I've seen him uh, erupt for, I don't know, 50, 60 plus receiving yards in games before, just based on um, run after the catch opportunities on screen passes or even wheel routes. He's able to um, create value in space. And I've seen him, he's been on my fantasy team for the past couple of years, and he's been a stud uh, filling up the stat sheet in just about every aspect imaginable. So I think he's really an underrated um, running back in this league. I've seen people have him outside of their top 10 when they're ranking top running backs in the league. And I think that he deserves a place in there with the impact he's been able to bring to Green Bay. And I think any team who's willing to sign him would be definitely lucky to have him. Yeah, I completely agree with that. He's a great receiving run, running back out of the field, and he really helped Rodgers uh, the, with the Packers offensive line being one of the best. I, I think he will still be a top running back in the league if he goes to another team. And I think, it'll if anything, it will just help his case to show he's a better running back if he doesn't have as good of an offensive line. I could, But honestly, I can see him staying in Green Bay still. He has been, he's been a key part of their offense for the past few years. And if the Packers want to stay in that top spot and keep making it to NFC championships, then I feel like he's a key part and they need to keep him. Another free agent we haven't mentioned yet. I want to see if he gets signed or not, or you think he'll be let go. Uh, Dak Prescott. I'm going to start with Colin. Do you think he stays in Dallas? Are they going to give him a huge contract, or will he leave in free agency to look for that money? Um, 
they they had the franchise tag on him this past year and he got injured. So, but I cannot see Dak anywhere else. I I think he'll him and the Cowboys will figure out a deal and he'll end up staying in Dallas. I don't. I think he's too big, too big of a part of their team to uh, let him go. And I feel like they'd be losing a lot. He he's one of he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league, and he has so many weapons. And the Cowboys can be a very good team. They just need to figure some smaller things out, and I feel like they'll be up there. But yeah, Dak. I think he's gonna end up staying in Dallas. I can't see. I'm really going so like when I think of a free agent, really considered Dak a free agent because that's how much I don't think he'll leave if that makes sense <laughs> yeah um I agree I don't really see him anywhere else but Dallas he has been vocal about wanting to stay in Dallas and if Jerry Jones is able to give him an extension I think that it'd be definitely worth it for both teams I'm interested to see how his um his injury plays in his offseason when under a franchise tag and a huge injury like the one he uh, suffered from happens to a player, it's it could potentially um, cause a blow to their um, their value and their in terms of their uh, monitor value for teams who want to sign them. I think if Jerry Jones is willing to work out a contract with him or maybe they place him under the franchise tag again, I'm not sure. I don't think he'd be very happy with that, but um I know he wants to stay in Dallas. If the Cowboys can work out their defensive kinks and uh, get a good set of defensive backs, improve their linebacking core, I think they're able to form a good defense to back up Dak and with weapons like Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb um, in the receiving core and uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, at running back, I think Prescott would definitely be inclined to stay in Dallas because it's a great situation for him to thrive. Yeah, uh, Dak had a huge injury and, you know, something like that's definitely going to blow your stock when it comes to your value. And I think that he, they, Dallas really messed up his contract opportunities to sign him, right? I feel like signing Zeke Elliott to that huge contract was just a horrible idea. I, I think it's just a bad idea to pay running backs so much types of money unless they produce what Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry can do, right? Those are amazing uh, running backs that can both uh, dominate in what they do. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, both in the run game and pass game. And Derrick Henry had over 2,000 yards rushing on the ground. You can't ask for any better than that. Those are the running backs I know that need to get paid. Zeke Elliott has been a fumble machine for like the past two years. And that's been horrible for the Cowboys, who this last year had probably like top five worst defense in the NFL. Yeah, I, I agree with that. With the running back situation, like you said before, running backs are one of the most replaceable positions in the league, and there's a lot of young running backs out there who could easily replace Zeke. He's a he's a good running back, and but I don't think he deserved to get that much money. And if the Cowboys really want to keep Dak, then they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, I think that money could have been better used um, directing it towards an extension for Prescott. Um Running backs generally shouldn't be paid that much because they're a very high volume position and injuries are very common for them. Um, look at Le'Veon Bell. He wanted to be paid so much uh, by the Steelers, although having um, knee injuries be a factor in his time in Pittsburgh. And then he bolts to the Jets and um, has an iffy year. And he's just been 
very inconsistent after leaving Pittsburgh. And that's why I don't think paying running backs was such a good idea because when you look at uh, Tony Pollard, who produced amazingly behind Zeke this year, he is paid so much less than Elliott and he played better. So running backs aren't hard, like valuable, uh, well-playing running backs aren't hard to find and you don't need to pay them so much money. Running backs are partially a product of a good offensive line. So if you can uh, form a good offensive line, then um, getting a good running back shouldn't be a problem. So paying somebody like Ezekiel Elliott so much money when you could have used that money to extend your franchise quarterback and Dak Prescott, it's um, not as good of an idea because now you're in contract negotiations for years with Prescott and you haven't been able to extend him. You'd have to um, place him under the franchise tag for multiple years. So it's definitely not a good idea, in my opinion, to uh, bring out the Brinks truck for running backs, especially when you can sign your franchise quarterback uh, in Dak Prescott. Yeah, free agency is going to be starting soon. So we're going to be seeing all this movement going around in the league, right? We mentioned the huge free agents that are on the line and um, it'll be exciting to see, right? So that's going to be it. So wrap for our first episode here at the Saga Gridiron podcast. So uh, I want to thank you guys for listening and um, listening to our takes. It's been fun recording this. And yeah, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Goodbye. If you're interested in more content from me, Colin, and Edward, visit LosAngelesSaga.com. We have young journalists across the country covering all sports. We have more podcasts coming up, so stay tuned. Again, that's LosAngelesSaga.com. Trust me, guys, you will not regret checking out our website.